Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today, I have Mark with me. How's it going, Mark? Fantastic, thanks. Cool. Today we're going to talk about something that people don't necessarily think about when they're getting started. But as soon as they start making a little bit of money, a lot of people ask us about that. And that question is, do you need an office? And more broadly, should you structure your business kind of like the traditional way, i.e. having an office, having employees, like full-time employment and that kind of stuff? versus going full remote, using more freelancers, and so on. And actually, Mark and I have run both sides of the spectrum here. When we had an agency, it was very much traditional. We had a big office. We had a lot of people. And now we're actually running full remote. So I think we're in a good place to talk about that. Do you want to just kind of like give the pros and cons of both aspects, Mark? Sure. Okay. So, I mean, do you want us to start with our story? Wouldn't that be better? Sure. Go ahead. This is just give some context into it. But actually, before I do that, like what I mean by what we mean by like traditional versus remote structures is, is kind of like it's based on the idea of having like a, an office and like a, a team that comes there every day versus a team that is perhaps based worldwide and works on a laptop. So we've run both kind of businesses. And the, the, of course, there's something of a, a mix in the middle you can, you can do as well. But this whole idea for this podcast came because someone asked us about should they have an office and how, like, what would you recommend and the, these kind of questions. So it actually brought up this kind of bigger discussion in our minds when we were trying to think about how to answer it. So just to give you some context in our, our story, we actually started full remote. Yeah. When you when you really think about it, like before we had an office, it was the three of us and we had like a bunch of freelancers. You know, I say a bunch. We had like three or four. They would do like writing and like a bunch of this article spinning. This was bit, way back in the day. We're doing great, great stuff, yeah. SEO, fun times, yeah. And these kinds of link building activities. But all of the client stuff was managed by you and I, and you know we we did all of that. And a uh, team of imaginary people, if I remember. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I can't actually remember like why we decided oh we should get an office but we were basically we started doing pretty well and we wanted to grow the company how much and money was, were we making when we started thinking about that i think it was like twenty thousand dollars a month i say okay twenty thousand dollars a month in revenue but i can't actually remember like by the time we were paying all our bills and salaries it was not definitely much less than, probably yeah definitely less than half of that was left but we had got, come from basically nothing to that in you know a few months oh well we just keep keep growing by this amount every three four months and we'll of be course. good you know? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong <laughs> so the idea was in order to scale we were at that point we were reaching I'd say some constraints in our own capabilities like the a number of clients we could handle between us and well, actually, yeah, I guess that was the main constraint we're we're facing. We're like, okay, how do we get people who can handle our clients for us? It's like we thought about you know hiring on Odesk, but to be honest, at that point, we didn't have so much experience doing it, and the kind of people that we we're hiring were just not not suitable for for this kind of role. I'd say we were and, not very good at hiring back then, too. Oh, not at all. We were absolutely terrible, shockingly terrible. Yeah. 
what led us to to sort of get the office like okay we need to hire a team of people and train them up and get them to be good at, at dealing with clients and executing all the work tasks and this kind of stuff so our thought process was we need to train people and we didn't believe that it was possible to really train people up thoroughly remotely we thought we need to be in the same room we need an office and we needed to kind of have a more traditional yeah. company structure. Actually, if I remember well, shortly after we opened the office, you know, we had some people working with us in the UK as well. We flew everyone in and did like a formal training session for an entire week, which was very tiring for me and didn't yield in much results, actually. Yeah. So, so there was, I guess it was just more our personal viewpoint at that time. Yeah. And going through the story, I'm about to get to the, the the really bad part, but it may sound as if, you know, you should never get an office or anything like that. But there are definitely pros and cons to both. So, you know, like don't write off either option until you, you listen to this whole podcast and have a think about it for yourself. So to get back to the story, we opened this office and it was kind of a big deal. It was like a, a status symbol almost for, felt for right, us. You know? It felt like a, we had a real company. But we started encountering all these sort of problems that we didn't really expect in terms of of hiring people and i guess this was to do with you know the fact that we weren't really very good at hiring people i think we conducted our first interview in a bar drinking beers which yep. wasn't probably the most and smoking best cigarettes back then <laughs> yeah those were the days <laughs> so we we started hiring people and we or we were training them or we thought we were training them and it was going how would you say it was going like it wasn't terrible at first but it wasn't great and it still felt like we were doing a lot of work to keep things going you know yeah i mean it's just like i mean first of all everyone we hired was completely junior right they didn't have much experience walking in general and it just despite the fact that i think it's more about like experience and like small trainings rather than like a big training session. And I think we tried to put too much too soon in the hands of people and they got overwhelmed. And in the end, we just had to take things back. So it was still a lot of work for us. We painfully scaled up, but we could have done it a lot smarter. We knew what we knew today. Yeah. So uh, there were definitely uh, definite failings in, in our, the way we trained people here, but as we grew more and more, we, we over the years, over the next two years, we ended up having, at one point, we had over 30 people in an office. We ended up moving to a bigger office, um, partially because we needed more space, but also because we, we essentially, it wasn't really an office. It was like a, a large apartment, which we had rented and just stuck a bunch of desks in. This is pretty normal in um, Budapest. I think we need to say that, you know, in, in this part of Europe, uh, it's a, I, think, I think that it happens everywhere in the world, places right. that they do that. But the, the issue is that it had really bad internet. And there was like us and we had one room and like two other companies were in another room. So there was like a lot of people like using this 15 megabit connection. And it just, we had really bad internet. We couldn't like Skype call our clients. And it was if, just. If I remember well, we actually used to run some days on 3G internet because. 
uh, the internet couldn't cope. And I think we should spend some time talking about all these logistics of offices and stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll get into that when I talk about the pros and cons, actually. But just to, to finish the backstory, we moved from this kind of like starter office and we ended up moving into like a proper office building, you know, that had like a reception and they charge you per square meter. And it's like a you know, like a corporate office kind of thing. We, we were we big shots back those, then. Yeah, <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> It didn't change anything at all, like moving to that. Well, the internet was better or, you know, it it worked, whereas it didn't really in the old place. But suddenly it became really expensive. How much? Because we were paying, well, we subletted half of the the space at the start. I think we're paying something like 3,000 euros a month. Which Uh, is a lot for Budapest, but not a lot for the rest of the world. Yeah. For the office space. How big was it? 120 square meters, I think, uh-huh. was, was our, our section was at least. But it wasn't just that. It was, there was a lot of extra costs. Like we were paying like $400 a month for internet to have like a business line, so to speak, mm-hmm. which was, it was pointless because it was essentially just the same as home ADSL line, but actually but even slower. a little bit slower. <laughs> So it was that was a stupid idea, but yeah, there's, there's just all these extra costs that that come in, and that's one of the sort of cons of of having an office. How much extra cost would you say? Like, if you just had to whatever you're spending on your and your actual rent, add fifty yeah. percent extra to that for all these extra costs. So you'd say we spent almost five thousand dollars a month. Yeah, in all this stuff. When you add in like the cost of the cleaner and buying all these extra extension cords and cables and birthday cakes for people and yeah mugs for the kitchen and forks we had like a fork thief at one point they kept stealing all our forks I'm so pretty it, was sure like it was simon but three times three times we had to buy new forks it was just bizarre like these things you don't really think about uh just sort of happen you know yeah and and it just as it doesn't feel like much but even like the birthday cakes it's it's really stupid but when you have 30 people you have like two or three birthday every month so like every week is a birthday almost yeah we had to stop it at one point so it was like i'm just gonna get fat if i eat this (laughs) (laughs) so after that we we sort of just a few things changed We, we had a really big guest posting team in our in our agency and we wanted to a, a few an update came along I think like two years ago and basically killed guest posting or killed killed you know, the perception guest of guest posting, posting. scale. Yeah. So we ended up having to get rid of quite a few people and scale down a bit. And as we did that, we moved to. I mean, there was a few other reasons as well. Like the landlord kept turning off our air conditioning at five p.m. at night or something like that. So we ended up breaking the lease in that place, losing our deposit. And moving to another office. Which and paying was, an extra month of rent before we moved out, right? Yeah, by mistake. <laughs> it wasn't my fault, but yeah. yeah. Then we moved to another place, which was essentially another apartment kind of style office. Although it had proper internet this time. Yeah. And, you know, but still, like, it was, I don't know, there, there was something just not quite right about it. And even though it was much cheaper, it was still like an expense. And there were still all these extra expenses that you, you kind of didn't have. Uh, that you didn't sorry expect to have, and like whenever the bills would come in, I would all be like surprised, like how much electricity we would actually use. But when you think about it, when you have twenty computers on, you know, five days a week, and, and nobody turning them off at night, yeah, these kinds of things, like staff just don't really care about that. So 
you, you got to got to sort of consider that as well. Then what we did is we actually went decided to go remote after that. And we decided that we we you know, we didn't want to have an office anymore, but we still wanted to keep the, uh, most of the same people who were in in that office, but we'd all just work from home. And the idea was, well, okay, we'll pay you guys like an extra allowance, which will cover buying. Uh, I think it worked out so that you could buy like a new MacBook Pro every eighteen months or something like That's that. That's pretty good, yeah. Um, These so last five years, no. You problem. add add like a hundred dollars or something like that extra to your salary, or not even that, but like something like that per month, and another like small amount to cover. You know, if you have to buy like. 3G extra a larger 3G data plan or something like that you know if you want to work from wherever and we thought like you and I thought this is a great idea people love it you know they'll get so much freedom and they can go wherever they want and do whatever they want but work whenever they want as well yeah actually people hated it yeah uh, the type of people which we hired I mean most of them just did not like couldn't like basically process how to operate and how to work in that kind of they didn't have the self-discipline necessarily to do. Yeah, that. we even had people, a couple of guys, uh, like essentially started their own business behind our backs and started trying to poach a few of our ex-clients. So while they were still working for us, just because, like, oh, we now work remotely, we're we're more freelancers, not, not, not employees. So I think it's very difficult to go back, like from having the office to. Do go, you think is the kind of people? Or do you think is the transition that Both. created that? Both. Both. Because there was people who didn't really handle it well, who I thought really would, but they just didn't. Do you think also it's a, it's a Central European thing? Because we did that in Budapest for those who don't know where we live. We live in. No, I think you take any, any sort of group of people anywhere in the world and you'll have maybe 30% of people, 20% of people would, will really like getting rid of your office and working remotely and the rest of them will struggle. Yeah. I think a lot of people just don't want to work from home actually. It sounds like a good idea but you know once they actually do it for a month or two they get kind of bored with their lives or something and uh, and they would much rather just go hang out with people at the office, you know. Yeah, you f- you don't realize as well as people waste a lot of time at the office like talking to each other yep. and I think probably like less than half their days spent actually doing work. And this is <laughs> Okay, it depends. It depends on the person for a start, and it depends on what they're doing and what the day is like. But I, I, I really think that there's a massive sort of waste time waste factor of having an office that you don't sort of understand. I remember when I had a, a job. Yeah, sure, not just to commute in the morning, but like while I was at work, I would talk to the people in the next desk to me, you know, all the time about lots of stuff, and easily would waste an hour, an hour and a half a day just chatting, you know. But when you're at home, you tend not to do that quite as much. You tend to focus more on the actual work. You're, you're like you're facing your procrastination a lot more when you're alone. It's like it doesn't mean you necessarily walk more, but you can, it's so obvious that you're procrastinating when you are, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I think it's it plays on the nerves of a lot of people actually. It plays yeah. on my nerves sometimes when when I just can't get anything done that day. So I can I can see how it would do that to people. Is that the story? Well, basically, after that, as we mentioned in one of the other podcasts, we we sold our agency one year ago, so in January 2015 is when we sold it. And then it was just basically Gail and I running the authority site part of it ourselves. And for that, we had 
everyone was sort of freelance. All the staff we had were freelancers. They were working remotely, mostly hired through Upwork. Yeah, let's just say it's not the same people that worked for the agency and worked on our sites. Yeah, it was, it was kind, of, different people. kind of different. There was an overlap at the very, very start, but for the last two years, it's been different people. Yep, so how did that go? I mean, so far, I'm pretty happy with it. It does have negative sides. I mean, on the plus, it's much cheaper. Um, and I think because it's cheaper, we can like afford to hire better people, like more specialist people. So, for example, we're just getting like a this PowerPoint presentation done the other day, mm-hmm. and I hired this like really, really, really good designer to to do it, and it's like thirty bucks an hour, which is more than I normally pay for something like that. We would not say. hire someone full time at this price, basically. Yeah. But because you only need this one thing and it was something I was going to reuse a lot, that it was worth it. So there's that. And plus, if we want to scale up or scale down, it's quite easy. So it's quite flexible having that, that kind of setup where everyone's remote. You know, if you have, like, say, a bad spell and you don't want to like, have all these people costing you all this money, you can scale down. It hasn't happened to us since we started the authority site model, but, you know, it's an option. Um, and certainly when we had our agency, there were times when that would have been probably something which we would have wanted to do, but we couldn't because we had all these full-time staff. So yeah, that's basically where we're right now. How do you find it? There's one thing that I find annoying with the current model, which is the model where you know we have freelancers working by the hour, essentially, or by the task. It's that because people don't you know, economically rely on you to pay for their most vital expenses, such as their rent or the food, or whatever the loan they have to pay back, etc., they find it a lot easier to quit or go uh, MIA on you, missing in action. And it does happen quite sometimes when you're working with someone and they just stop replying and just disappear on you. And you have this project that's half done and that person is just gone. And you need to find a replacement and it takes forever. It takes a lot of time and energy. And we have something like that happening to us right now with our checkout redesign, for example. And it's very, very frustrating. I agree with everything you said. And I still personally like better hiring good people for just a few hours for like high quality tasks, etc., but it's true that this kind of MIA thing that seems to be a thing in the freelancing world is is happening, you know, sometimes. Yeah. So I think there's like taking ownership of tasks is is not something you can really give away quite so easily when you're operating in this kind of model. But when you think about it, whenever we've given ownership of tasks, like full ownership of tasks away to, you know, some of our full-time employees, half the time they didn't really work out very well either did they yeah but they didn't disappear sure sure (laughs) they still showed up for work in the morning and you could follow up and fix things whereas right now it's like i'm waiting on that guy for the checkout thing and there's literally nothing i can do the guy is literally not replying for like five days and and i'm just waiting and there's nothing i can do about this yeah this did happen for the person that was helping us write the blog posts on authority hacker as well uh completely disappeared overnight and very frustrating so it is something that we're going to have to learn to manage. And I think the most important thing in these things is to actually, for any job, we should have like two or three people we can rely on, not one, so that we can just switch the tasks really easily. But it does take time to build up. Yeah, something I'm thinking of as well is like having, well, yeah, I guess like a VA or like a, not 
but not like a VA, like someone very smart. A project manager. Yeah, like a full-time project manager, someone yep. from maybe like Philippines or something. I think we're kind of getting close to the stage where that would be quite feasible now. And like, you know, training that person to do a bunch of the the stuff which we, we need and like follow up with people. And that way we could sort of give away ownership of some of the more simpler tasks. At I think least, repetitive stuff, when you figure yeah. out a process and you want it done like a thousand times, then that's when you give it away, I think. Yeah, yeah. So let's just go into the basic pros and cons of each model, right? What are the pros and cons of the traditional model? Okay, so it can often seem with a traditional model that it's much easier to communicate with people because you're face-to-face. So if you need something done or you want to follow up with someone, or especially if you need to train people, like when we, whenever we've done face-to-face training, I felt it's much easier to do that. Although, having said that, I've since gotten a lot better at doing virtual training, but it, it seems to take longer to get where we need. You know, like if you sit down with someone face to face in like a day, you can really achieve a lot. But online, you, you need to do it in steps. So you need to spread it out over, over more time. At least that's been my experience. And it also it feels like when you have a traditional business, you can actually find when you find good people you can like almost train them to run your business for you in many sense of the, of, of the way. Um, and that's, that hasn't really been something that, which I've, we've come close to being with, uh, with having like a virtual team. It's not like, I don't know if it's like, you just don't trust people remotely quite as much or, or what it is, but there's a, there's definitely like a factor at play there. So in terms of the negatives, of the traditional model, I'd say the first and foremost is it's very expensive. Running an office costs a lot of money. And, and you know, the figures we talked about, for a lot of people, they won't seem so high, but you've got to consider that is in a place where real estate is very cheap. If you're doing that yeah. in a more expensive city, like you yeah, can multiply these it, figures yeah. yeah, by three or something. So like it would be like $15,000 a month or something for a nice office. Yeah. Full-time people cost money as well. You may think that someone's hourly rate is a lot versus oh i could hire a full-time person for you know what would be 20 hours a week for that person but are you really getting 40 actual work hours out of your full-time person that's you know a debate tab i would say almost certainly not say 20 productive hours of work per day per week for from a full-time person is going pretty well yeah. And then there's all these extra costs that I mentioned, you know, add 50% extra to whatever your office rent is. And that's kind of what you'll probably end up paying in, in other costs. Even like little things like having a Christmas party or taking people out for drinks, it, it really, the costs mount up very quickly, you know. And like the beer is really cheap here. So like how much is a beer in Budapest? It's like, what, $2? Like yeah. So like actually taking for the, people for out. like half a liter large one. Yeah. Actually taking people out, just paying one round. Was like fifty or sixty bucks at some point, and yeah, I was like, "Oh, God. you have thirty people, and you're <laughs> that." It's like really, it's a lot, you know. Yeah, it, it does add up. It, it's like it sounds stupid, but if people drink like three, four, five rounds here, boom, you just you're just down two hundred, three hundred bucks, and that happened like once a week or something in the summer, you know. Yeah. The other thing is, yeah. So the other negative thing is like keeping good people is hard. We weren't particularly good at it, but. Getting good people to stay and to stay like doing the job that you want them to do is difficult. The difficult thing, particularly with online marketing, is that it's very easy. There's very low barrier to entry. Like, what do you need to go into online marketing? You just need to start your own website. Anyone can do that. 
So if you're training someone how to run your entire business, what's to stop them replicating your business and just doing it for themselves? Like the smartest people will do that. So it's almost like you have to hire people who are like not the smartest people because you know they'll stay on for longer or something. Oh, you only give them a tiny, tiny part of the process and you need a lot of people. Yeah. So there's, you definitely got to be worried about that. And I'd also say that for me, at least, it felt at many times like it was sort of getting stuck into this position of being like a an office manager, like dealing with holiday requests and <laughs> just all this bullshit that wasn't people's actually, drama and stuff yes two people had an <laughs> argument about something and i had to resolve it it's like it, it, this isn't helping me to run my business or to grow my business and at times i was spending a hundred percent of my time managing stuff like yeah, this same with just, me like i would just come to the office and sit down and just help people that couldn't do their job properly and uh, and that would be my entire day for sometimes several months when you know we we're under pressure and had a lot of clients and uh, and I, I just had to plug the holes all day, which first didn't help the business grow, and second built that kind of culture of people being able to just turn around, and use me, you know. But yeah. we had to do that if we wanted to keep the clients. So that was a weird situation back then. Yeah. So you know, all in all, it's kind of less flexible. I would say is the the final sort of con of of a traditional model. Yeah. Okay. How about the remote slash office less model? Yeah, so I mean basically all the opposites of what I just said. Okay. I mean the the pros of having the uh of the remote model is it's there's less fixed costs. So you you don't need to invest a lot of money to get going. You can Actually I have uh, a question just to get out of this a little bit like when should someone hire the first remote person when they're running their business like that like they have a website make some money. Like when is a good time to start hiring some people? Probably when you're doing something that feels like, oh my God, this is such a waste of time. I totally shouldn't be doing this. Um, if you're saying that to yourself, then you should be hiring someone to do it. There's a better way. I think in the four-hour work week, Tim Ferriss sort of breaks down a method of working out what's the cost, what's your own cost per hour. And then you know you sort of attribute like an hourly rate to your own work. And then you say anything that costs less than that to outsource, you should outsource. So if you have some kind of idea of what that might be, then then kind of go that way. Although that does rely on you having some kind of income already to do yeah. that. If you're not making any money, then you shouldn't be outsourcing anything. Um, okay. So we're on the pros and cons of the outsourcing model. Yeah. So the other other pros of the outsourcing are that because it's cheaper and because you're spending less money, you can afford to get really good people for like certain specialist roles because you don't need to hire them full time. You know, if you have a de- you just need like a few hours of a designer, you can get a really good designer because you don't need to like hire a full-time designer. And you can scale both upwards and downwards very easily. It's a very flexible model. And I mean, this is something more personal for me, but I just really liked I have a really like weird schedule. Like I tend to get up quite late in the morning and I work really late at night. So, um it was it's much just much better to be able to do that at home and you know deal with my my team on Skype as opposed to only between nine yeah, and exactly. five. Yeah, it's like something to say actually. If you want to travel as well, like I was traveling to Thailand for six months while we had the agency, and I could only walk with people like half the day or something, which means that I'm pretty sure my team was slacking the other half of the day, and if I could just have had them to walk when I was awake. 
then we would probably have saved a lot of money. So I think the the ability to kind of like modulate the work times and work amount to your lifestyle and how much you're available is a massive saving in resources, I would say. Yeah, for sure. And, and there's always that thing with whenever you're not monitoring people, are they really working? But with freelance people, at least if you're using Upwork, then generally you're going to be like time tracking people and using these these tools to sort of monitor it. So there's that extra kind of like technology layer of oversight there, which I, I always feel quite comfortable having in place. The downsides though to having this remote remote setup are, as I said, it's harder to can be harder to train people although it's not impossible if you're using you know screencasting software and and you're 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 working with what's that called uh, that annotation uh sketch sketch yeah to kind of like point out things and just if you have a bit of patience you can actually work pretty well i'd say like 85 percent as well as you uh online as you can face-to-face, but it's still, it's never going to be the same. But if you do want to meet up with people to train them, then go to wherever they live or fly out there or fly them out to where you are and once a year and do that, you know, that's that's an option still as well. cheaper than an office. Yeah, massively. So the other thing, last point is it's harder to find managers. So it's harder to find people who on Upwork or somewhere who can, you, who can you just say like, oh, okay, go manage this part of my business for me. Because they can just disappear and there's a little bit less kind of single point of failure, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, people can just disappear and this part of your business could just be left unattended after that. And if you're busy with something else, that could be a little bit of a mess. So I guess the question that everyone's going to be asking at this point is when should you go for the office and when should you go for the remote lifestyle? Quite simply, you start with a remote lifestyle and only if there ever comes becomes a compelling need to have an office should you get one. Do you think we'll ever have an office for authority size? It would need to grow to serious like six I think seven six, figures. Six, seven figures like monthly to before it's is worthwhile. You would probably need to have five to ten full time people. But I, we're quite far away from that. At least where I am in my head, we're quite far away from it. So I, I can't see it happening. I'm determined to go as long as possible without it. And you know, some of our friends they run this uh, software outsourcing company called TopTal. They're worth like the company's worth like really like I think like half a almost, billion dollars or something. I think it's almost one billion dollars now. Oh, wow. Okay. They started like five years ago. Yeah, we used to but just start in the same room, actually. They're running it fully remote. So their entire team is, is remote. And they they said they'll never have an office. So you, they can do it. And they're looking at, they're doing really lots of meetings with lots of clients worldwide. They have people in something like 30 different countries now and like hundreds of people in the core staff. And they can do it. So, you know, there's no reason why we can't as well. Fair enough. Well, actually, I'm going to revise my answer. I'd say no, I don't think we'll ever have an office. All right, so no office for us. And I think I'm happy with that. I like working from home. I especially like working in a quiet environment. And something that, if you're a creative mind, working in an open space full of people buzzing and talking around is very tiring. It makes it very difficult to walk. I actually remember going home half the day just because I couldn't even walk in the office, despite the fact we're paying over $5,000 a month for it. So uh, that is another argument on my end to not have an office. So Mark, do you have any final words? 
No, I think we covered everything quite nicely there. Cool. Well, basically, you see what we think about that now. We don't think we should have an office for our business model, but there are some cases where it might apply for you guys. If you have any question, if you want to check all the show notes, etc., go on authorityhacker.com slash 1515 and you will be able to find all the links we talked about and all the show notes. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.